This is Center Stage, putting lawyers in the spotlight by highlighting attorneys and other industry experts to help take your law firm to the next level. Hey everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson, and this week, uh, a really big topic because this is something that we focus a lot on. Uh, it's, it's the primary marketing strategy that we employ for our clients here at Spotlight Branding, and we are talking about referrals. And specifically, this week, we're talking about how to generate referrals without actually asking for those referrals. And my guest this week is a referral expert, referral guru. I, I don't know what you refer to yourself as, but uh, Stacy Brown-Randall. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, John, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So yeah, before we dive in, uh, you know, tell us about yourself. Why, why should people uh, listen to what you have to say about referrals? You know what would be really awesome if I could tell you that one day I just woke up and had a stroke of brilliance and the genius just came to me and was like, yes, I'm going to teach people how to get referrals without asking. <laughs> that would be such a cool story. That is nothing close to the story. The story couldn't be any further from the truth. I actually learned my strategy that I have now been teaching for almost a decade to business owners from the school of hard knocks, because I actually had an HR consulting firm that I started that would only survive about four years before it would fail. It wouldn't quite make it to the five-year mark before it would fail. And when I looked back on why that HR consulting firm failed, when it had big name clients like KPMG and BDO and Ally Bank and others, and had some great publicity of like where I was published and things like that, I looked back and I was like, why did this business fail? Why did it never get past that stage of constantly hustling for new clients? And I realized that it was my ability to fill that pipeline. It was my ability to fill that prospect pipeline with new prospective clients coming in the top consistently to get them to be aware of me. And then of course, to go through that buyer's journey and to make the decision to yes, to hire me. And when I looked back at that HR consulting firm and was learning all those hard lessons from the seat of failure, being a member of the business failure club, I realized that I never received a single referral. And I was like, huh probably should be something I pay attention to next go around. Cause I always knew even when my business failed, that there'd be a next go around. So as I was dusting myself off and getting over the ego blow that happens when you have a business failure, along with everything else about a business failure that stinks, I was sitting in corporate America kind of like saying, okay, now I want to get back out there. I got to figure out how to be successful because business failure number two is not an option. And so I paid attention to what I didn't do well with my first business and this referral piece and this filling the pipeline in a way that works for me became a big part of how I would start my second business. And then of course, you know, just paying attention to what I wanted that next business to look like and learning those lessons and then paying attention to other successful business owners. Like what was it that they had that I didn't? And that really, when I started my second business, which was as a um, productivity and business coach, I got, I got certified as a productivity and business coach while I was in corporate America. America, starting that second business and really saying, okay, we're going to figure this out. I didn't know what I was doing. What I did know is that I didn't want to generate referrals the way everybody is typically taught. Everybody is taught. You've got to ask, or you've got to compensate, or you have to be really promotional and gimmicky, like overly marketing and cheesy, or you have to just network and know a ton of people, 
Or if you don't want to do any of those, you just sit around and hope and pray that it'll actually happen. And whereas hope is never a strategy, right? From that perspective and all the other, the asking and the paying for didn't fit who I was and how I wanted to show up in the marketplace. And that whole concept that I needed to be really promotional and gimmicky and cheesy. I'm like, nope, that's not my brand reputation either. And the networking a ton. Well, I have three children and a husband that I actually like to see. So the networking every night of the event and now in the world of like virtual networking events every night of the week was just not how I wanted to spend my time. So I really, you know, paid attention to, okay, let's try some things. Let's figure out the human dynamic and that really psychology factor behind why referrals happen in the first place and just see what I can get to trigger referrals for me without having to ask or pay or be gimmicky or cheesy. And for me, that was a great journey that I went on in my coaching practice. And in that first year, I got 112 referrals that I did not ask for and have done and duplicated those efforts every year since. And then my clients started saying the ones I was coaching were like, Hey, how are you growing so fast? And so I started explaining it to them what I was doing. And as I taught it to those first few clients, as more of an explanation of what I was doing, I realized there was a process and a system behind what I was doing. And I was able to reverse engineer my success and then start teaching it to others. And, you know, my ideal clients from, from my coaching perspective are the same ideal clients I have working with my referral strategy, because it's built for people like me, solopreneurs, small business owners. Actually, the second person I taught my referral strategy to was an attorney. And she's now been following the strategy for seven years. She's in her seventh year this year. And she has hit her goal of referrals received every year since. And that goal has grown steadily over time. And last year during COVID, when we thought like for 2020, we thought, well, we don't really know what to expect with referrals. I figure most people would at least hit their 19 numbers. I didn't know how many people would actually hit the goal for 2020. You know, they had set the beginning of the year before COVID was a thing back in January of 2020. And she got the largest number of referrals ever in one year. And that was 47 referrals for her. And what's really cool about the type of law she does with what she practices, she needs like 12 to 15 a year, but she's getting 47. So she gets to be really picky. She gets to make sure she's taking the right cases and it really helps her build sustainability in her practice. And so for me, it was just, Hey, I don't want a business failure. Number two, let me figure this referral thing out. And then down the line, it really just became the way I started teaching other people how to grow their business. And it became the sole focus of my business. Awesome. That's so great. Um, yeah, I, I know, you know, we've worked together, you know, with you and because, you know, referrals are not just a part of our huge, you know, our, our marketing strategy for our clients, but we also, you know, really have a focus on us having referrals and getting referrals from our clients and all that kind of stuff. So in, in your book, what is, and what is not a referral? Yeah, I think that's such an important question that we start from because everybody thinks they know what a referral is. And if I were to ask like 50 people right now, hey, tell me what a referral is, I would get similar close responses. But when I find that people tell me what a referral is, it's not so much what it is as much as why they want it. And so if we look at the why we want referrals, why are they called the holy grail of all business development strategies? And it's not, it should never be anybody's only business development strategy, but I definitely want referrals to be the biggest piece of the pie, but we recognize there are other marketing and prospecting strategies, sales strategies we need in place, right. To grow our business as well. But when we look at it, most people are looking at referrals and they're like, yes, this is why they're awesome. And we always know it's because when a referred prospect comes in the door, they are typically quicker to close, easier to close, less price sensitive, and they trust you because somebody else has transferred trust from you to them. And so for in that situation, 
everything about a referred prospect is better, right? They're just the client that, that potential client that closes easier. It's typically what I hear, right? Like yeah. they don't nickel and dime me, right? When I send them my letter, my LOA, right? My letter of agreement, there's no like hounding me about the hourly rate or anything like that. Like there's all these reasons why we love those referrals, but that's the why. If we unpack the why we want referrals, that leads us to the definition of them. Mm -hmm. So if a referred prospect is going to show up easier to close, quicker to close, less price sensitive, right? And they already trust you. That means two things had to have happened, which makes the two parts of a definition of the referral, which is number one, there's always a personal connection. We always want to be connected to the prospect by the referral source. So the referral source, right, is just the person who refers you. The prospect, of course, is that new potential client. And so there's only three cast of characters, right, when we're thinking about that referral. And it's really just you as the solution provider, the prospect who needs to hire somebody, right? And then, of course, the referral source who knows both parties and, of course, makes that connection happen. So there's always a personal connection. 99% of the time, it's going to happen over email, particularly for a and it was, doesn't typically happen in other ways. It can happen over a group text thread. When we get back to more in-person events, it certainly could happen at an in-person event if all parties are present. But it's that connection that the referral source makes and copying you on an email that they are also including the prospect on. The yeah. connection is there. The second piece is that the need has been identified. The prospect in this situation recognizes they are the prospect. They have a need, they have a problem that they want to have solved or fixed, and they are willing to have that referral source, the person they trust, connect them to you. And so when you get that email, it's very clear, right? This isn't just an introduction because you need to know one more great person in your network, but hey, this person needs to hire an attorney and I'm recommending they hire you. So can you have a conversation with them, right? So from that perspective, the need is also identified. When a prospect shows up referred and they're ready to go, right? And they're less price sensitive and they're quicker to close. It's because they already know they have a problem. And the reason why they pick you is because the trust has been there. The trust has been transferred and that's because the personal connection exists as well. And those are the two parts, that definition of a referral, which I find people get easily confused with word of mouth buzz and introductions, which are missing one of those two pieces. Word of mouth buzz is like, hey, John, I was talking about you the other day. I told um, an attorney friend of mine, they absolutely need to have a conversation with you in the company. Um, I gave them your contact information. Don't worry. They'll follow up. Right. It, feel so close to a referral. You're like, yes, somebody out there, somebody, I don't know who they are, but somebody out there knows about me and maybe they'll call yeah. and then life is going to happen and right. they're going to get busy and they're not going to call. And that doesn't mean they didn't want to work with our company, right? It means that they forgot. And so the connection wasn't there. So word of mouth buzz, you know, the need's been identified. There is a prospect out there who's been told about you. You just weren't connected to them. So there's no personal connection. So it's missing that one piece of the two parts of a referral. Yeah. The other is an introduction. We get the email connecting us and neither one of us know why. It's just something about you guys should know each other. Good people should know each other, have a chance to talk about your businesses. And in that moment, we don't know, is it just a pure introduction, right? Because there's been no need identified for this connection. Is it yeah. just a pure introduction where, hey, two people need to know each other to grow our network, which is fine. But if it's a hidden referral, 
I want you to know about it. And I want you to know and have the strategies and the tactics. And it's one of the things I teach in my mini program, Saving Lost Referrals, is specific to, hey, when you get word of mouth buzz or an introduction or even a warm lead, what do you do to make sure you flip that into a referral? And if there is a referral hiding in there, right, that you know what to say in a word of mouth buzz instance to get the connection to happen. And you know what to say in an introduction instance to make sure you understand who's supposed to be selling who here, right? Like who is the prospect and who's the solution provider here so that you understand how to respond and don't miss out on a potential opportunity to have somebody referred to you. Yeah. And, and to that point, you know, as you were describing it, you know, I'm thinking back over all the kinds of referrals that we get and, and anecdotally, and I mean, I'm sure I could pull this data, you know, from our system, but I, I, I know that the email introductions that we get where the client referring us also copies the person they're referring to us on the email say, Hey, I want to introduce you to this guy. Uh, I think he could totally benefit from your services. I hope you guys have a good conversation. And then we take it from there. And those conversations go so much farther than (laughs) just the client telling us, Hey, I've been telling you about, you know, I've been telling some other lawyers about you guys, maybe someone will reach out. And so, yeah, that, that personal introduction is such a huge key to a, a very effective referral. So obviously we are, you know, we, you know, work with lawyers, we have attorneys who listen to this. So I know that referrals are huge in the legal industry. It's a huge source of business for many attorneys. I, I, I don't know how many attorneys I've talked to who tell me, oh yeah, I, like the majority of my business comes from referrals. All of my business comes from referrals, all that. But what, what few things have, have attorneys gotten wrong over the years when it comes to generating either even just a, a base number of referrals or maximizing their referrals? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I love it when I have an attorney that joins my program because I know they, if, if they're the type that's like willing to be like a sponge and mm-hmm. like take in the information and like consume it and then do what they're told, they typically have great results because of the things they've never thought to do. And so when they see, and I'm thinking specifically about Rick, who is an intellectual property attorney who's in my program in his second year now. And so I'm thinking about him, like he came in, he was like, okay, Stacey, I get referrals, right? And he had dictated, like when he kind of looked through and he was talking to me about it, he was talking to me about the number of referrals he got his first year that he had opened his firm. And he was like, I got referred to you. He actually was referred to me by somebody else in the program. He goes, I got referred to you because I want to make sure I'm doing the right things to maintain that. So that I get those same number or more referrals in our second year and our third year. And so I think we set like a a first year goal for him. Like he had gotten 30 something referrals on his own, kind of just doing his work, starting his own firm. He left big firm, which a lot of attorneys have, right? They, they leave working at a big firm and they start their own. He got 30 something referrals. And he was like, I just want to make sure I'm maintaining that. And I was like, yes. And let's mm-hmm. get some more. Right. And so then I think in his first year, he got like 60 something. I can't even remember what it is. And so we like, I remember him reaching out and be like, I think we may have undershot the goal because he like already surpassed it. Like before he was at the six month mark. And it was because he was willing to do the things that attorneys don't naturally think to do most of the time. And attorneys aren't special in this, right? This is not a unique thing. That's just plaguing attorneys. It's most small business owners or business owners in general that are an expert in something. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to start a business in it, right? It's like E-Myth Revisited all over again, right? So you're an expert in something, you're a technician in something, and then you decide to start a business and you think just being an expert, right? An expert attorney is what is going to actually grow your practice. 
practice. And the bigger your network is, usually you will be successful in that first or second year, just because people want to see you be successful when you start a business. But about the second or third year, the novelty has worn off. And if you don't have strategies and systems in place, you don't usually maintain that level of business in terms of referrals. So what I always tell attorneys, it's it's not about you just doing the great work. It's also about you identifying who's referring you and then making sure you have a plan in place to nurture continually that relationship. Now, I don't mean nurture every day, every month, every week, or even every month. Like nobody needs you reaching out every single month. But what they do need is to, to not forget about you. And not to meet another, in Rick's case, another IP attorney down the line that they would start sending people to just because they have fallen out of touch with you. And so it's important from that perspective that you maintain the relationship. So with attorneys, it's always about usually you're receiving referrals. And for most attorneys, you're receiving them from other attorneys who don't do the type of work that you do. But you need a process, like you need a plan for how you're going to identify those people on a continual basis. So you're tracking and how you're going to take care of those people. And Rick would tell you, he thinks that his the following his referral plan that we built, he will tell you that that is why people continue to refer him because he never loses that top of mind factor. And he's not doing things like just a newsletter with the local news, like the local happenings you need to know about from an IP perspective, right? What's happening in the IP scene. Like he's not doing that. What he's doing is he's connecting on a relationship based level and he's deepening and strengthening that relationship so that even with those four to eight touch points, which most people do six to eight, in a year, even with that referral plan of those six to eight outreaches in a year, even if he were to only do five one year, right? He stays at that top of mind level because of what he's doing and the language he's using is referral seed based language. So that directs how they think about him. It all works together, but it comes down to one key factor, which is know who is referring you. And then make sure you have a process in place to take care of them. The last thing I want someone to do is be like, hey, I've got all these referral sources. Oh, and look, I haven't talked to most of them in the last nine to 12 months. Like, that's not a good thing. And so for attorneys, I always find for them when they come into the program, they have low hanging fruit they don't even know about because they're just not doing some of these simple things like identification of referral sources and then taking care of them in the right way and using the right language to allow that to make sure they're staying top of mind and always getting the referrals that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we tell our, our clients is just, I mean, that's just the, one of the biggest missed opportunities is just that failure to keep in touch with not even just referral sources, but even past clients who can become referral sources. You know, I mean, and you can argue even that past clients can be some of the best referral sources because they have that firsthand experience of working and can be some of your biggest, you know, evangelists and ambassadors. Um, I want to go back to, to something that you just briefly mentioned early on. And, and talking about how, um, you know, referrals, they come in and, and they're a lot more primed and ready to go. And so that, that trust factor is a lot higher. And so that selling period may not be as long or you don't have to work as hard to sell your services and you can get to work a lot faster. So talk a little bit just about how good referrals and, and focusing on referrals can actually help attorneys stop selling. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the best things in the world, right? I mean, when you think about the whole idea of being a business owner and being really, really good at being an attorney, right? Like I'm an excellent lawyer, right? This is what I'm good at. And now I've got to figure out how to get someone to say yes to me and close them. That sales process can be daunting. And when you have somebody who is referred to you, it isn't about your dog and pony show. It isn't about you talking about all the clients that you helped. It isn't about that like three-part sales strategy that you probably learned through some sales training you went through when you first opened your firm or that maybe you went through over time or you read some sales books on and you were creating like what I like to call the dog and pony sales show, right? Mm -hmm. We should all have that because we won't always have prospects that come through the door that are referred to us where we don't need the dog and pony sales show because you will have people who come through maybe like a Facebook ad or they will um, meet you at a networking event themselves and they don't know anything about you, right? There's no, no like and trust factor that's been established, whether it's with advertising or even PR or meeting them face-to-face -face at a networking event or if they find you from a Google ad, right? Like there is always going to be the need to know how to take somebody from mildly interested to saying yes to you when they know nothing about you. But for a referred prospect, you just don't need the dog and pony sales show. Yeah. What you need, and one of the things that we teach our students in the Growth by Referrals program, is what you need is to have a, as a process for how you have a conversation with that referred prospect. And we teach some secret sauce kind of language specifically to a couple of questions we teach that you ask that actually allows the prospect that's been referred to close themselves. And so it's really this easy, natural conversation of curiosity where you're trying to figure out what what is the problem and can I solve it right at the end of the day? And then there's these, there, there's some key point questions that we tell folks to ask while they're in that process with that referred prospect that helps that prospect close themselves. And so it's really a conversation versus you feeling like you're trying to give a presentation around why your law firm is better than any of the other law firms and why they should pick you. It's, it's more about that. We get to excuse all the sales stuff and we just get to get down to business of talking about, can I help you? Like, mm -hmm. tell me what the issue is and let me figure out if I can help you. And then it becomes a conversation between peers, not a conversation between a prospective client and a vendor, right? That I've got to decide if I want to do business with. So that referred prospect makes that whole sales process just easier. Yeah. So we've, we've talked about what is a referral We've looked at some of the things that attorneys have gotten wrong. I think we're kind of at the point where like people are like, all right, so we're at the big question now, all right? How do you generate referrals if you don't ask? Yeah. You know what I, you know what I love most about that question is that, I mean, sometimes people, I'll have people who like listen to my podcast or they'll read my whole book and they'll be like, I got it, mm -hmm. but I'm still waiting for you to tell me when I get to go ask for referrals. And I always say it's because that's the only thing that's been beaten over your head for decades and decades and decades. Like it is the hardest piece of incorrect knowledge that we have assumed to be fact that has lived on for decades. And I would say generations. Yeah. So it is the one thing that I spend the most time helping people unpack as to why you don't have to ask and what it looks like. Right. And what I teach folks is the way that you're going to get referrals is number one, shift your mindset around referrals. And what I mean by that is think about your sales strategy. Most sales strategy is taught where we have a prospecting activities that we do and we have a marketing plan that we work from. And both are important and both are necessary. Right. But so we've got prospecting, which could be the networking or the leads groups or the 7 million cups of coffee or the cold calls or the cold emails, right? Actually, some of those things attorneys can't do, but it's that prospecting mentality 
of going out there and trying to get as quickly as possible to the prospect and all your messaging and communication and language is focused on getting the prospect's attention to have a conversation with you to, to consider hiring you, right? Good. You should have those pieces and parts. Then there's the marketing plan. Of course, you should have a website. Of course, you should make sure, right, that it's optimized. Of course, you should probably look in maybe some advertising. Maybe, maybe you don't need advertising, but there's advertising options. There is, you know, earned media with PR, right? There's thought leadership. There's social media posting. There's lots of things you can choose to do within the marketing plan. You don't need all of them. You don't ever need all of them, but you need a few key pieces from prospecting and marketing. But here's the issue. Most people then look at, well, I've got to make referrals fit in the prospecting plan or in the marketing plan. So you'll hear it called referral marketing, which drives me bonkers, right? Because that's actually two separate things. So you'll hear people talk about tactics and strategies and methodologies, thinking that referrals fit within prospecting. Well, if I believe that referrals have to fit within the prospecting side of my sales strategy, then I'm going to give you advice like asking or compensating, because that's the only way I can think short-term mentality, quickest way to get you to the prospect is go ask for it, right? But that's thinking referrals belong in prospecting. If I'm looking at it from a marketing perspective, well, then we get the referral marketing piece, right? And that's when we get the advice to think about being promotional and gimmicky, like putting the greatest compliment you can give me as a referral in your email signature and your e-newsletter, right? Which don't do that. So then we think about referrals from the perspective of that it's marketing in nature. And if we think referrals fit in marketing, we produce gimmicky promotional, right? Type ideas and tactics that we're supposed to do. The problem is, That's not where referrals fit. Yes, referrals are a part of your sales strategy, but they don't fit within your prospecting and your marketing. They fit separately. Your sales strategy is not a two-legged stool. It is a three-legged stool. And so you have to pull referrals out of prospecting and out of marketing. And you have to be willing to look at a referral plan as its own standalone plan where you don't think referral world in prospecting and marketing. And you don't bring sales language and lingo and marketing and prospecting things into the referral plan. They are actually separate standalone plans that you do. And so the first thing you have to do is you have to think about referrals differently because the minute I take referrals out of prospecting and marketing, all of a sudden the tactics of asking or compensating or being gimmicky and promotional or networking no longer fit. So you're like, okay, now I got to look at this differently. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you need to build a referral plan for your business. And really at a high level, what this looks like is number one, it's identifying who are your existing, your current referral sources, who has referred you in the last three to four years, if you've been in practice that long, who's referred you in the last three to four years. If you've only been in business a year, you work with what you got, right? But who's, who are your top referral sources? Who are your main referral sources? Who is anybody who's referred you over the last three to four years? Very first step is the identification of who those people are. The second step is then to pay attention who those people are. And actually look at their names because those are people who put their reputation on the line when they refer you to somebody else. So then we need to pay attention to, well, what could we do that would take care of them? That would let them know that we don't take their referrals for granted, that we are appreciative and thankful for what they do. And we come from a place of gratitude of just making sure they know we don't take them for granted. And so then we build a plan that is actually right going to take care of them. And while we're taking care of them, we're going to use very specific language, that's referral seed language that fits in with the level of gratitude and thankfulness, right? That allows us to direct how they also think about us. And if we do it right with a cadence and, and throughout the year, 
six to eight times in a year and we do the right types of things with the right types of language, then we actually transcend keeping in touch. And now we are top of mind because what we're doing is memorable and meaningful. This is not you sending a Yeti with your logo on it. This is not your email newsletter that goes out monthly. That's marketing. You should have that. That's great, but it is not a part of a touch point or an outreach to your referral source that you're going to count as part of your referral plan. It stays, that newsletter, right, stays over there in marketing where it belongs. And so it's thinking about what are we going to do to do outreach to these people to let them know we think about them and we care about them. And then we're going to consider our budget. We're going to consider timing. We're going to make sure we have the right language and we're going to do things that matter to our referral sources. This is not six to eight gifts in a year, because then that's anything you do consistently over and over and over again, starts to, it loses that memorable and meaningfulness to it. Right. So some people are like, all right, I'll just send them six gifts in a year. I'm like, first of all, that's great. If you have that budget, most of us don't. And second of all, then all of a sudden I'm just getting these gifts from you. Right. And like, you've got to do a variety of things. And so that's what we teach. We teach this framework of what this cadence looks like and what the, what looks like the outreach looks like. And then of course the secret sauce that we teach is the language that we use that allows those moments of caring about our referral sources to actually direct their thoughts about us from a referral perspective. And that is what makes all the pieces work together. Yeah. Awesome. And, and, and I know, uh, you know, having us, you know, gone through your program and, and spent some time with you, we know how valuable it is. Um, you know, if anyone out there is, is looking to get their referral strategy built or improve it, uh, definitely do recommend giving, uh, Stacy a look, uh, how can, how can people get in touch with you and, and learn more about your program? Yeah, sure. So if, they want to learn about the program. The name of the program is Growth by Referrals. So, and that is the website address, just growthbyreferrals.com. I always tell folks, go and check that out. You'll see there's two ways to work with me. There is the independent study where you can just do the online program or like the version you guys did, which was the VIP where we actually worked together for a year. So there's two ways to actually engage with me to go through the program. I um, mean, that's growthbyreferrals.com. But I also tell folks, you know, if you're just like first considering this idea that, wait, I can get referrals without asking. I don't just have to sit back because most attorneys don't ask. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, usually they're just, they're in the hope strategy. They're just sitting yeah. back and hoping they're going to get some, right. Because most attorneys don't ask. And so if you're in that hope strategy and you're like, okay, I really liked this interview. I, I think I'm resonating with what Stacy said. The very first place I would go is actually just go start listening to my podcast or read my book, Generating Business Referrals Without Asking, because I'm going to give you that high level perspective of what a referral plan looks like. And then if you need additional support, that's what the Growth by Referrals program is for. But definitely just start like allowing this. I always tell folks kind of allow this stuff to like seep into your thought process Mm -hmm. and really get on board with it. Because if you are, if you resonate with how I teach and what it's going to look like for you, then you're much more likely to actually do the stuff you need to do when you're in the paid program. And the best place to start in addition to like listening to my podcast, Roadmap to Grow Your Business or reading the book, we actually have a nine question quiz called the Referral Ninja Quiz. And you can get to it from the website, stacybrownrandall.com. There's like an icon. You'll see it. It's the Referral Ninja. Like you can't miss our little icon. Click on it and answer those nine questions. And at the end of the day, what you'll learn when you answer those questions is, is where you stand right now with your ability to generate referrals and to have that process and that system and the, and the results that you're looking for. And it's going to give you a level. And then it'll show you and tell you what you need to do to close the gap. 
gap to get you from right that beginner level, maybe to that master level, which is where ultimately I want everyone to be. And I always say that's the, it's nine questions. It's going to take you maybe three minutes or less, depending on how you over, if you overthink or not the questions, but it's that idea of like, Hey, let me just know where I stand. And then I can decide if I want to move forward by understanding where I am and what gaps I'm going to need to close. Awesome. Yeah. Tons of great resources there. Definitely check out uh, growthbyreferrals.com, stacybrownrandall.com, the podcast, the book, all kinds of stuff to, to really help you out. So let's, uh, let's wrap things up here. Um, and I'll ask you our, our famous question here. If you had one piece of advice for all of our attorneys out there, what would it be? Yes, this is not the sexy advice, but it is the most empowering thing that you can do when it comes to referrals in your business. And that is number one, identify who has referred you. We did talk about it a little bit, and there's an entire chapter on it in my book, chapter eight, where we dive into exactly how to do that, because it is the most important thing for you to do. What you do for your referral sources is actually not as relevant as first knowing who they are. And there is such a movement and like a moment that happens for my attorneys when they look at those list of people's first and last names, humans, right. That have actually referred them. And then they see who those folks are. It's such an empowering uh, moment of being like, I can do this. I can take care of them in the right way to get more referrals from them. I'm so thankful for what they've done. And that's the moment I want for every attorney listening. And it starts by you first identifying your referral sources. Awesome. Yep. Can't, can't agree any more than that. Uh, Referrals, always huge for uh, the legal industry. It's what we try to push our clients to, to focus on. Uh, you know, they just, they just make better people to work with. And uh, Stacy, I know that, that you've built your business on, on helping people do that, not just attorneys, but across all kinds of industries. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, really did enjoy it. Thank you all for uh, continuing to listen, uh, rate, review us, uh, give us those comments, that feedback. What topics do you want to hear about? What uh, challenges are you facing right now in your practice? Uh, I can go find somebody who can probably talk about it. That's for sure. Um, Stacy, again, thank you so much for joining us today. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.